Okay. Hi, everybody. And tonight we are doing The Boys in the Band. Boys in the Band hmm. on Netflix now. Uh, I had seen this floating around for the last couple of weeks. We tried to land on what next 2020 thing we we're going to do. We landed on this after Nicole and I watched several trailers. And we we're like, yeah, this one looks good enough. Uh, did you know anything about it going in, Nicole? Other than we watched the trailer and we were like, this, this one... This one sold us more than some others yeah um no i have never heard of this and i haven't even seen it scrolling through netflix at all um so this was brand new to me based off the trailer and well okay i know this is based on some older stuff did you know about <laughs> those things or anything because I, I know i know now what it's based on and uh but uh, i did not know going in did you yeah i didn't know either um i mean I understand the time frame that it's based on and, you know, Stonewall and things like that, but um, I had no idea about any of this going into this movie, so. Yeah, so this is based on a play of the same name by Mark Crowley uh, in 1968, and then there was also another film version directed by Billy Friedkin, who's a pretty pretty famous director, uh in 1970 wow. uh, this is like the 50 year revival there was a off broadway or there's broadway revival in 2018 starring this cast and with this director joe Man- mantiello um and it's uh it's yeah they just filmed they, they made it a movie basically so it's based on a stage play think it becomes pretty obvious when you're watching it within the first five minutes that it's based on a play. Uh, This is what the story is. At a birthday party in 1968 New York, a surprise guest and a drunken game leave seven gay friends reckoning with unspoken feelings and buried truths. Yeah, the Mm. whole... That's that's pretty good whole thing there. Um, This stars a whole pile of people, a lot of people. Uh, Jim (laughs) Parsons, Zachary Quinto, Matt Bomber, Andrew Rannells, Charlie Carver, Robin DeJesus, Brian Hutchinson, Michael Benjamin Washington, and Tuck Watkins. It is an entirely uh, LGBT cast and uh, director, so they correctly... Cool. Casted, I suppose you could say. Um, so, if you have not seen the boys in the band, and this premise sounds interesting to you, and if you like the original movie or have seen the play somehow, if you're of that age, on Netflix now, go <laughs> check it out. If you have any interest, we're spoiling it like we spoil everything. Wait, I didn't know we Matt were... Bom- Bomber was gay. He is. They're all gay. I, I didn't, didn't know... know until today. I was wow. today years old. He's been married since 2011 to Simon yeah. Halls. Who knew? Yeah, there's Not a couple me. of other <laughs> there's a couple other little surprises we can learn along the way. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, go check it out if you have any interest. We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie 1968, Upper East Side of Manhattan. And Michael arrives at his apartment. That's Jim Parsons' character. He's kind of our main character i would say even though it's really an ensemble uh but he is hosting a party for uh, a friend harold um and the all the different uh members of the party slowly arrive uh at first it's uh it's donald who is the friend is he, is he he's a friend they're not dating right and michael and donald no, i they're think just they're friends. just friends yeah yeah so michael so donald's the first one who shows up he's uh He's coming in 
to City from the Hamptons. Um, then you got who? Who's? The, it's hard to remember what order. They all have like up. typical old guy names, so it's very hard <laughs> to remember their names. Yes, uh, I think it's next. You get Larry and Hank who arrive. Who Larry is the uh, the handsome guy with the multiple sex partners, and Hank is like his boyfriend who's older, divorced. Uh, I guess was living the the straight life beforehand, or trying to anyway. Uh, then you get some more charactery kind of people like Emery, who is the most flamboyant of the bunch. She's a interior decorator. Um, you also get, uh, Bernard, who is the only black member of the group. He's a librarian. Uh, then you get Alan, who is an old friend of Michael's, shows up. He is straight, in quotes. We, we have to figure out if that's true or not. Um, but he was like, uh, yeah, a roommate of Michael's in college, and he's in town, and he gives him a call earlier in the movie, like, I got something important to tell you. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm not coming. Oh, I'm going to stop by. Like, you know, kind of flip-flopping, wishy-washy. He is, uh, you know, quite homophobic when he arrives, as was probably common in the day as we get little glimpses of other people's lives. Uh, Then we get a surprise guest, the cowboy, uh, who is (laughs) just a gigolo, I guess. He's, uh, or a a prostitute. I don't know. Uh, He's uh, a sex worker. He's a sex worker. He's a young, dumb sex worker. Uh, and then the f- main the main event arrives last to the the party, and that's Harold, who uh, is a self described. This is not how I would say, but he calls himself an ugly, pockmarked Jew fairy. Uh, this is Zachary Quinto's character. This is again, yeah. self self described. Uh, so these are your characters. They're celebrating Harold's birthday. Everyone's getting different degrees of drunk and getting mad about different things, and they're gonna f- air air some grievances. So that's the movie we're <laughs> in for. Um, Nicole, what do you think of this plot? Oh, I didn't want to be picked first. Oh, well, I think that I like the discussion that we need to have in 1968 about the way that men feel towards gay men i think it's really interesting to see how so out in the open blatantly disrespected they could be by straight men and you know also dealing with it themselves of having to obviously michael has concealed his himself from alan for all those years in college and everything he had no idea um Mm -hmm. Even walking into a party, which you can see, you don't want to say it's out of the norm, but I just suspect that at that time it may have been out of the norm to see a bunch of guys together that are very, you know, clean and and well-spoken and dancing together. I mean, how could you not see it when you walk into (laughs) that house? It's like, what the fuck is wrong with Alan? Like, what can he not grasp this and just the fact that for the beginning of the movie alan latches on to hank in such a way where he because he can't he can't see hank as being gay at all so because hank looks just like him exactly basically the same person it's an older man and they look exactly alike and he doesn't he's not flamboyant he's not loud he's wearing a tie you know it's like these little these little things that can just totally sway your opinion on somebody and it's just interesting to see how all of the separate people in this movie handle this situation and handle being 
gay and how they're dealing with that in their lives. And I'm, we're, I'm sure we'll get into this and we'll talk about the, the big, to me, elephant in the room, which is this is not a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is completely 100% a play to me. And it, I couldn't really tried my hardest to get past that during this plot. Did I do it? I don't know. I guess we'll figure that out when we talk about it more. But the story itself is interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with a three for now, and then we'll see how I get swayed throughout this. Mom, okay? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I felt the same way as you, Nicole, that it really did play as a play, um, which in the beginning, in the setup of the plot, is kind of tedious. I mean, I really feel like we're spending a lot of time uh, with establishment, um, of characters and that it's really important to the author that every character is very different and has a different motivation because um, I think probably in 1968 you would think that you know a gay man is a cookie cutter uh, situation that this is you know this is what a gay man looks like as opposed to what what we see here which is you know seven pretty distinct personalities I like the premise of it which is the plot that's great and I have to be honest, in order to appreciate it, there was a little short that play that you could play after it that was about a half an hour long with the original uh, playwright. And he talked about the original when the play was running on Broadway. And then he talked a little bit about working with the cast for the movie. And that really helped me to sort of appreciate it more because I think as a movie, it wasn't really working for me until close to the end so um as far as the plot and what you know the points they were trying to get across and the nuances for the different characters and how well they were fleshed out uh yeah i thought that was really good i'm gonna give it a four i think what we're maybe trying to say and what i'm gonna say is it's boring until the phone call stuff happens <laughs> anyway i it, it's i i like movies adapted from plays like usually more than the because the average person will be like oh it's like it's all in one or two rooms it's all dialogue-y it's mostly for actors to to act around uh august sausage county is my favorite example of this that people don't really like that movie that much and that's like one of my favorite movies of all time even though it's just based on the play and it's a lot of people talking in rooms um and this one it says the writing is it's so playy and they don't I can't imagine they changed a lot of this script because it's uh, right. it feels it feels old. It feels like it was written a long time ago. It does. It, the writing feels like a movie or a play from when it was from the sixties, uh, and it doesn't come off super naturalistic for a long time. Once the yes. phone call game starts going, then I start to really like everything that's happening. I like characters and find them more natural in what they're portraying as opposed to you know, a, a stage character. But that, again, that comes 45, 50 minutes into the, into a two hour movie. Yeah. So but is I that think... just because it's more salacious at that point and interesting, or is it really because it changes tone? Cause uh, it still feels like a play for me throughout the whole movie. Yeah, but it, it does more but interesting toward the end. It's yeah. It's interesting when that stuff happens. Cause I feel like we're doing 50 minutes of character development when we could yeah. have done 
twenty character minutes of character, but like like the 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 side pieces are amusing, and there and there's uh, a few parts that I like. Like Nicole and I got consistent kicks out of the dumb cowboy and everyone dogging on him and him not understanding that they're dogging on him. Uh, the when yeah, when that, Al- that breaks that breaks tension of how a play feels like the the whole. That in the beginning when we get introduced to Howard and that whole scene outside with the lasagna and the cake, that can't feel any more like a play because right. the the words are are put in so particularly and the things that he says just make are, are they're punches and movies don't talk like that. Plays talk like that. Plays are very definitive and they're very strong worded and that's exactly what that scene was and that's what takes you out of the movie realm. Um, The only person that brings it back in is the cowboy because he's so stupid that it just makes you come back to reality and like laugh for a minute instead of feeling so um, uptight or like like you're sitting there just watching weird feeling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it it because yeah, part of like a movie is like especially now is is dialogues more naturalistic. That's part of what me saying dated and like copied straight yeah. out of a play is that when movies were made back then, you know, a lot of them it just came off as people reading through scenes and then, you know, doing their own thing with them. But now acting is naturalistic. People try to act how people act regularly, which is a distinct difference in how acting used to be. And this is just, it feels old that way. And I think it's to its detriment for most of the first half. So I I like the story. I like the story once we hit the phone call game and we start learning everyone's backgrounds. I like all that. I think that that's all good. And I start to like really take sides and like, character interactions um but until it just it's there's it's so it's 50 minutes of like maybe five or ten minutes of like good oh yeah i'm 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 in this kind of thing so i don't know i'm a little more with nicole i might be at like a three for the plot um because the execution is lacking for a lot of it uh but the characters i said them all i won't need to say them all again uh we can pick out our favorites least favorites complexities acting performances all that okay what do you think of these characters yeah, I'm ready to go for that because I think that that actually plays into maybe plot problems a lot more for me it did. The plot is the story and so I think the story is good and valid and could be played out well. I think we have some um okay performances and I think we have some bad performances and I can't think of anybody that actually has uh, a stellar performance there it's really um and maybe it's because it's dated mm. but it, should it feel that dated like i mean there are movies now that are made about a time 50 years ago or even 150 years ago that feel relatable um and i think it's mainly due to i mean it's uh, script writing and acting those are the two things that it comes down to um no, no, jay parsons said the n-word twice so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he would do that if it was any other movie. <laughs> yeah, I I don't dis I don't disagree with that. Um, I think for me though, it's just that um, some of the characters were just just way too um, almost two dimensional. Like I, they were not fleshed out enough for me. Like you could have me believing that they were a certain type of person, but I never actually that that's what the character was, but I never actually believed the actors were those people. So, uh, for example, um, I'll say pick on some people. Who do you not? I'm like? going to Zachary Quinto. 
I hated his performance. I hated his portrayal of Hal, Harold, whatever his name is. Every time he opened his mouth, I wanted to stuff a sock in it because <laughs> it was just so... I knew you were going to hate that guy. The second he walked yeah, in the door, I, I was like, oh, okay, not going to like not gonna like this character. <laughs> do you think that he's two-dimensional, or do you think he's over-caricaturized? I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's... But because because it's over that that's probably it, Nicole, is that it's an over-characterization. And it just doesn't seem... He has no... Like, he is given a lot of things to say that are very play-like, and they come off as uber play like. I just don't think he can pull off any of it. It's it's uh, unnatural. And anytime he's talking in a scene, it takes me right out of it. There are mm-hmm. times when a f- few people are talking where I'm like, I'm almost there, but not when he's in a scene. Similarly, it's not good when your main character, the Jim Parsons character, also has that effect, but to a different, different, uh, to a lesser level. For me, I didn't really. He went from being sort of this kind of, um, he, he went super catty, super quick. Uh, as soon as the whole situation was unfolding with Alan, uh, he, he sort of turned on a dime, which I thought was really strange. Okay. And you got that too. I didn't realize he was like the antagonistic <laughs> character until, until, uh, Harold shows up and he starts chugging drinks and, and chain smoking. And then I'm like, Oh, he's going to be a loose cannon now. Like, or like I didn't right. realize that was who he was going to be. Not at all. That's not, that's not what you got for the first, you know, 40 minutes of the movie or 45 minutes of the movie. That's not what, it, right. that's not, but, and that's part of, that's actually part of the problem with it is that I don't think you're getting the, and I think that's part of the point, but it's a little too twee for me. It's sort of like the point is, is that, look at all these characters and look at all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden everybody just twists and turns and people turn on each other and, uh, and, and people who seem like they turn on each other do a double turn on each other and they really have their backs. And it's just really, it's complex. I mean, relationships are complex. And I think when you get that many people in a room of any ilk that you're going to have these kind of things, but uh, some of the stuff was just not believable. Those two characters are really important to this movie and I found both of them incredibly unbelievable, unfortunately. I think the person who played Alan did a really good job. I also was not real big on Hank. Hank is Hank the one is who's... The, the older guy. Hank, Hank is the older one. No, no, Larry Hank's is fine. the younger one. Larry. Also, Larry, I wasn't really buying him a lot. I felt like he was a little... Like, he wasn't quite pretty enough to be as as snarky as he was like if they're gonna have a pretty one matt bomer should have been playing that guy that you know i think there was some miscasting that went on uh, matt with, bomer with was playing a drywall i don't i forgot he was in it the whole time yeah, oh, yeah. which is too bad because he I disappears he after the first 10 minutes yeah i think him as larry would have been something i could have totally gotten behind and and believed a lot more than uh the guy who played it which i've seen that guy in a couple of other things i don't know his name but i've seen him in a couple Andrew of other things I always, yeah. yeah i always find him funny but i just don't, i think he was a little miscast here um the characters uh the the really strong performance uh was by the black character i can't remember the michael guy. benjamin washington plays bernard, bernard. I thought that was a strong performance, but he had a really great, you know, he had a great play line through the whole thing um, where he got, we got to see a lot of humanity in him. Yeah, that's, 
I wonder it's why. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I just wonder why what you just said. He's the only one that they show background on. What do you think is the reason for that? Em, well, we get a background on Emery. We get some background. They don't show we get background on everyone. Do they? Oh yeah, they do. Okay. They do show yeah. flashbacks of Emery, yeah. and back. they show flashbacks <laughs> of of when Donald and that's why Donald's there. Donald's there for Jim Parsons to talk to for 10 minutes and to show Larry had an affair or not even an affair as he calls it. Just like who he Uh, is being free. So he's more of a, yeah, they did. They had background on, on some other, but his was just, I think, you know, maybe I found it most compelling. It was sort of the most uh, sentimental and sort of sad piece of story there. And, and, and the fact that he, when they're playing this terrible telephone game, which first of all, you know, what kind of friends egg you on into doing something like that? These people are in their thirties. Well, like, that's not, yeah. Th- yeah, that's not something At the youngest you they're in their thirties. <laughs> yeah. That's not something you do then. That's something you do in, in high school or, you know, I don't know. Do you even, but yeah. Um, so I'm torn on the characters because I really want to uh, like them, but I think the portrayals were really uneven and more bad than good. So I'm giving the characters a two. Wow, Mom, uh, you're your Mom K, uh, Nicole. I'm Mom K. <laughs> yes, she is. Don't you forget it. That's your. That's your. Question. That's right. And I said too. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that both of you also picked up on the quickness of the personality changes with a lot of these characters. And the reason I think that they had to do this is because when you make a play, you only have what like an hour and thirty minutes to two hours to tell this complex story and you need to move quickly and you they do that with the help of like set changes and things like that where or or quick movements of people moving from a from this end of the room to the other end of the room stuff like that where you can jump on board and say okay this is why we need to move someone's personality so quickly um i get that a lot with emery he is upset with how he's being treated by michael uh, how people are what alan did to him you know all these things like when he gets beat up um all these things could create such a negative evening for somebody and then three seconds later he turns around who wants cake who wants this let's laugh and let's have a have a fun (laughs) time you know i think that they need to do that just to keep the momentum moving but it's very distracting so i you know i completely agree with you and i don't like how quickly they write off someone's feelings and change it into a completely different character it feels like I'm, i'm not sure if that if it correlates and this is returning me back to feeling like this shouldn't have been made into a movie um yeah yeah yeah, i feel that too even things like when alan over drinks and he needs to go lay in bed you know it's because that character is walking off stage well now we have him going upstairs and i'm constantly thinking about why aren't we channeling back to alan at some point why isn't alan coming down the stairs because there were no stairs when they did it in the in the play i assume you know what i mean it just doesn't I mean, it might have been stairs to nowhere kind of thing where it's right. off, off to offset, but yeah. Right, and I'm just thinking about that in the back of my head, and I'm like, this isn't working for me as much. I think that Bernard is probably my favorite character, too. I think he is the most complex um, character, yeah. and, I, and I think that he does the best job of keeping his cool in most of these situations, but showing proper emotion when it's needed, telling someone that they 
are not in the place to be saying this some this thing or whatever and you know i i like him the most um the least my least favorite character i i hate to do this because i really like zachary quinto but it was not the role for him or something i don't know it was not good it was it was he was like a really bad elliot gould i don't know if you guys know who that is but that's what it felt like to me it was it was way too like um uptight and i can't think of the word that i want to use but just his portrayal i don't know if that if the main character from the original was this way but something about his aura just just came off wrong for me in this it just didn't feel like he would be in this friend group or something it just didn't fit Mm -hmm. and you know I, i i do have to like commend jim parsons on his role because they gave him so many twists and turns to deal with um, I think that they just made him such an up and down character and it's obvious that he has drinking problems and drug problems and smoking problems, whatever it may be. And, you know, he, he tried so hard to suppress it, but he's around this, what I would consider a toxic group of friends because everyone's always bringing up past shit. Everyone's calling each other horrible names. It's a very toxic party that they're at. So I can, I can see why his mood would change so quickly and we see him down that drink that he didn't want to have and it's for he was the best and the worst for me in this everybody else was kind of just there really bland matt bomber was totally non-existent i don't get his role in this either oh it's too much it's too much to try to break down i don't know if the characters are my favorite part of it but without some of them it would be so horrible i'm gonna say I'm going to give it a 3.5. My, uh, my, like, who I like and I, who I think is giving a good performance, it almost flips when the, the phone scene happens. Like, I think the people I liked more in the first half, I don't I don't care about anymore in the second half, and then the second half, I care about them now. Like, at the beginning, like, Matt Bomber enters, and I'm like, oh, Donald, this is an interesting character. He's he's talking to, J- uh, to, to Michael in the first ten minutes. I'm like, this is an interesting setup. I wonder what he's going to be used for. Of course, completely thrown away, never used again. Nothing. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> then then Larry, Larry and uh, Hank show up. I'm like, oh, okay, the younger, like, like trying to go around and like still live his young life guy and the older guy who I didn't know they was going to have this kind of character who has lived a married life, has kids and just in later life, you know, found his identity. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he obviously doesn't dress or behave like anyone. Like he's, he's the most different, which is of course why Alan is the, is the one who, like him uh, and Emery would be, would be friends. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they would like ever hang out like this, which and so I like I like Larry and Hank in the beginning when they and you can tell they have a bad relationship or they they're on the rocks a little bit. They take digs and Larry's flirty with Donald. Um but then when we get to their actual resolution, I don't find that as satisfying as their digs would, you know, lead up to. Uh and then flip side, like I didn't think i thought emery was like just a comic relief character who was and he's fine like i don't i didn't find his shtick particularly funny but when he him and and then bernard who again isn't talk for the first 50 minutes of the movie when they both Mm -hmm. get their scenes in the second half i think that's great i think they do both do really good those are some of the more artfully done scenes for you know when we get to visual and sound it's a play so you can't do a whole lot you can only take so much liberty with it uh but they totally flip um we're all on board 
And some people like this performance for some reason, but Zachary Quinto is not, this character is not, does not work at all. I don't know why. No. I don't know why. I really don't. Um, it doesn't make, I, I, the way I'm reading like descriptions of him, he's supposed to be like, like this, like loathing, morose, like, like self-hating, but I'm like, I don't get that. He's just like, uh, I don't really know what he, he, he rings the least true. All these other people seem like they could be people. I don't know what Harold is. He's very pretentious. But like, why, like, what are we supposed to feel about Harold? Like, why, what is he here? Like, is he just someone for Michael to spar against back and forth because no one else will spar with Michael like that's what it seems like at the end is that's that's what they're going for is that they're you know they're now the people that are you know antagonizing one another um but that's barely better than having Donald be wall or eye candy for Larry and you know uh, a talking piece to Michael like he does when Harold enters, you like the way that they shoot that. You think, "Here comes Harold. This is the party's gonna blow yeah. up now. This is the big deal." And he's just a, he's kind of not at all like he's not. He doesn't bring any like a lot. You'd, he's dressed weird and he smoke and he smokes weed, man. And he's and he talks in the weirdest way, but he doesn't. It doesn't add up to anything that brings something extra. Um, well, it is his birthday, so you know. Yeah, I guess cowboy. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget about cowboy. Cowboy is a funny character. Yeah. Nicole and I were consistently laughing at cowboys. Yeah, cowboy's uh, great. I agree. Uh, he doesn't know what lasagna is. He's like, oh, it's like spaghetti and meatballs, but like you know, like flat. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's just, like, <laughs> he has some good stuff. Like the like, cowboy's funny. Um, Alan's a kind of a stock character he and his his arc ends kind of how i was expecting and like everyone knows but ambiguous and he doesn't come out or whatever i don't know like he he he's the last one to do the, the phone call game i think jim parsons does really good in this i will argue that he is he brings a very good performance he has a hard job to do i think he's good in the first half is what he is his character completely flips like i don't know the pro- I, it doesn't it doesn't hit me that his character would flip again. Maybe I think that's more on Harold's character. Doesn't make me because he seems to flip when Harold's character shows up, but Harold's character doesn't bring me anything. So I think it's I think he's carrying the load, and I think when he's getting hateful and he's throwing out slurs in the second half, I think he's and he and he's doing the he's running the game. I think he's selling it hard, and I am on board. Are so you, I think he. Do you feel like that? This whole phone call situation, I mean, to me, it's it's just a ruse to get Alan to come out as gay when we like we we can't tell obviously if he is or not until later on. But like, it seems like it's all geared towards him. But why didn't Alan just fucking get up and leave? Like, why is he still hanging around? Well, Maybe you even say it's with that one scene is the face. Because he was so disgusted. Where he wants to leave, and he's like, Hank, please leave with me. Other only straight right. man in the room, leave. And Hank's like, I can't do that. I am also gay. I'm like, what the fuck? This is okay. <laughs> that's the part where that's the part where it's like, okay, this seems like it was written in nineteen sixty eight when just mm-hmm. ha- those lines would be groundbreaking. And now fifty years later, you're like, Yeah, I get it set here, but it just doesn't ring it doesn't feel right, you know? Um I think Jim Barsh is really good. He actually raises this whole thing up. I'm with Nicole. I'm out of three five. It's uneven performances, but um, I'm more 
good than bad. I don't think most people are bad in this. Um, I think it's pretty solid. Uh, visual and sound, uh, you know, it's play, but it's got some other couple of things in there. Nicole? Um, I think I've made it pretty clear that I don't think that this translates well to a movie. Um, I think that this would be much better suited to see on a stage where we can see people walk off and and know they're not supposed to be here. Meanwhile, when I'm thinking of things in the movie, I'm picturing the people upstairs when, you know, people outside, people inside. It just doesn't it just doesn't translate to me the right way. But besides that, I think that the set itself looks really nice. I think that they did a, a good job of making this look like it was from 68. Um, they're just, I, I mean, I didn't really take a deep look into a lot of the things. Like, I don't want to sound foolish, but like maybe some of the whiskey bottles looked more modern. I don't know. I'm just kind of saying that. But everything else was was fine i'm wondering what that uh, i'm wondering what that thing was that michael gave harold as a gift did we ever figure that out what it said yeah oh yeah we don't see we don't remember we don't see what it said no yeah i wish that we knew because maybe honestly i forgot about that till you just said it honestly no i I think that's mean that we don't i I think you know there's some things that we don't get out of this movie and that's by design and that's one of them and i don't i'm i'm mad at that why couldn't we have added more interest to it right like let's have like a picture of them together i love you or something that would have tied into the whole fucking phone call scene you know something that could have just brought it around full circle but to me, there's not much to say. I think that the music choices were good. I think that they really played along with the story. It followed the story perfectly. But it's all fine. It's all good. I don't have much bad things to say. Uh, so I'm going to, I'll give it, I'll be nice. I'll give it a four. What do you got, Mama K? Yeah, I'm just going to give it a middle of the road three because, it, again, it really is a play that should probably not have been made to a movie. But I think with set design and sound, um, they did a lot with that to um, sort of give you the ambiance. Uh, having, you know, late 60s jazz music playing, I think, was a really uh, good choice because, I mean, that's sort of an alternative to other things that were going on in the 60s with, you know, uh, the Beatles and the Stones and rock and roll and things like that. And you're clearly watching a segment of society that's also an alternative to what, you know, the norm was during mm-hmm. that time. So I think that that's a really good choice. And everything that they that was in the apartment, you know, the style of phone and all of those kind of things were it was funny because I was like, oh, that's really too modern for 68. But then I'm thinking, you know, that's actually probably exactly 60. Like they were. That that apartment was cutting edge for '68. You know, there wasn't was anything. But that makes that was... sense for yeah. the guy who's hosting the party. Yeah, he's a host of a party. He lives on the Upper East Side. He's going to have the you know the latest. You know, he would have AirPods if it were today. So even if he's going to be crippling debt for them, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Which is also another part that's like, you know, I, I when you when I'm thinking about this movie and I'm thinking about you know sort of the underlying issues especially the Jim Parsons character where it's basically you know he's based on the fact that he can't accept himself and that it's a a lot of it's self-hate and that sort of Mm -hmm. fuels the whole 
that fuels everything that happens that fuels that those horrible phone calls and the fact that if he's going to hate himself then everyone else in that goddamn room better exactly hate themselves right. as well exactly that's right. why so, i think he's good because if he wasn't that good i think this that the second half would fall just as flat as the first half did and it would be well, i think if you be- real boring i think if you if you believe it that's fine i just did he sort of had i mean even though his character changed his tone never changed his tone was always the same he's always just a little bit too loud and a little bit too like sharp and a little bit too smart but he's definitely not the other guy the zachary Quinto character how yeah he's definitely not he's definitely not him you know what i mean so he's different but i just don't i don't think that um i mean it definitely came across better in the second half uh it was understandable why it was happening and particularly at the end when we find out his motivation about really not being able to you know as much as he's like this i am living the gay lifestyle and all of this kind of stuff um yeah so and that doesn't have a whole lot to do with the category that we're on but um yeah it it all fit really well um it was fine still better as a play than a movie i'm thinking which one of you did I see straight white men with the play? Uh, I saw that with one of Nicole. you. Nicole. Yeah. Nicole. That's Nicole. Yeah. Weirdly, and yes, by the title, it's very odd that that's what it reminded me of. But that's what this reminded me of is I like I was picturing straight white men being made a movie. I'm like, it would be like this, where like I like that as a play really well. But it's all in one room. It's a bunch of guys who are friends or in this in that case brothers squabbling, and this feels like that. And they try to make that a movie, and the, what they do to try to add, you know, movie things to it is like the flashbacky scenes, which are mixed for me. I think uh, the ones in the pool with with Bernard and his and the the kid he had a he had a crush on worked pretty well. I don't, but I, I get, but I don't think uh, Emery's flashbacks really worked that well with the, the yeah. high school dance. Those seemed those seemed kind of TV movie ish. And then what were the what was the other ones? Uh, Donald and Larry's flashback to their to their uh, hookup. I don't even remember um, that one. Well, yeah, I mean that's the... yeah, that's kind of my point is that the 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 fla- uh, Hank's flashback to his first gay experience in a, right. in a men's yeah, yeah. room. They're just like other than Bernard's, they're not really done with any sort of artistic flair. They're just kind of stock feely. Um, you know, there is a montage that kicks the movie off, and there's kind of a montage that closes. And I uh, always give a couple of bonus points for montages. I like seeing a bunch <laughs> of stuff happening in quick succession with music playing, and I think it's really economical. I could have honestly was so unnecessary. Well, because we aren't going to tie up in a bow. Like nothing's right. going to be re- nothing's going to be resolved here. We're not going to find out if Alan's really gay or not. And we're not going to learn more about that friend that Alan was having like allegedly consistent yeah. sex with throughout college. He says is a lie, which I think also contributes to Michael's thing. I don't know if Michael loved Alan or if Michael loved the friend. Or like if he has some sort of because he clearly has an investment in in Alan in Alan coming out whether he is or not like he that's clearly his motivating factor in the back right. half and when he calls his wife that just breaks him and he can't he, like he's just the party's over literally because he home. doesn't want anyone to be happy he he wants zero happiness anywhere no so. yeah I, which is like it's horrible but like. 
I, yeah, it's horrible. He's, his is the character that like brings like some it breathes a like a life into it. It keeps it moving. I I don't think he over had that overplay. Again, we're not talking about the visual sound anymore. Um, the playset <laughs> when I when I was I knew this was based on a play like almost immediately. But what really sold it was when uh, Matt Bomber's character Donald first gets there, and they do a backup shot to show the bo- the bottom floor and the top floor and that little spiral staircase that gets up there. I'm like, oh, that's. Like it's like they're telling me it's a set. It's like that. Like they're like they want you to say like this is a this is a cut in half two story set. Like, eh, I don't know if that worked for me. I'm I'm kind of lower on the visual and sound, despite a couple of decent things. Because I don't think uh, I don't think it added much flair to what what it added. Uh, to like a two five, a little lower. Um, we've kind of already talked about the end, the, the phone call game has been going and everyone's been getting various amounts of points telling their crushes they love them or not. Uh, and after Alan calls his wife who he's left maybe, but hasn't fully left instead of calling, uh, the, the, Justin, the, Justin, I think Justin is Justin, right? It's a J name. I feel like Justin's not a name from 68, but me neither, but I, that's, that's my hesitation. I'm like. It feels like it's Justin, but like Justin in '68, but like I can't think of who else. So, f- for lack <laughs> yeah. of memory, we'll call him Justin. Uh, he doesn't call him; he calls the wife, and that's what completely shatters Michael, and he can't even talk to anyone for the rest of the party. And everyone's going home in various sad states. Not everyone, I guess. Uh, Larry and uh, Larry and Hank are going to go up and, and reconcile. Yeah, which I I would I think I mentioned it yet. Andrew Rannells and Tuck Watkins, those two actors, are dating now. They met what? on the set. They met on the. I I don't know. I didn't bring this up earlier. They met on the set when they were doing the Broadway play and have since been together for the I past two years. That. Okay, but he they're not dating with him with that hair because no. <laughs> I'm sure they dress like themselves when they're <laughs> when it's just the two of them. I'm but, just yeah. like. Yeah, so those two actors are indeed together now. So maybe this was a nice, helpful little experience for them. So that's nice. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they go they go up. Um, we get like weird, like Emery and Bernard are go to like a Waffle House or something, and like they they have like like late night breakfast. I, I don't know, not a Waffle. You get what I mean? They go they go to like a diner. I don't. Yeah, uh, it's New York. Ca- it's a diner. It's probably not a Waffle House. Cowboy leaves with Harold. And then, yeah, Donald and Michael are left there, and Michael needs to go clear his head. He, like, runs through the streets. He goes to a church, (laughs) and we get, you know, a last-minute montage of seeing some last-minute shots of where everyone's at. Alan resigns to a bar to drink alone the rest of the night. Um, Yeah, it ends with Michael running down the street uh, in that one shot. So that's, that's how we end. A lot of, not a whole lot resolved, just a lot of, Explosive anger in one night, and then the movie ends. So, um, who starts it? Mama K, what do you think of the resonance reveal? Well, where was Michael running? I mean, I need to know. Like, He's running from himself. Uh, or is he running to himself? I mean, oh. Yeah, I exactly. Nicole's <laughs> <laughs> like, stop. No. I like this more after we watch. Whenever we all don't love it, it starts to it starts to get worse as I think of it in my head. I didn't. I ended this thinking that was okay, and now I'm getting a little set more sour on it. I'm I'm actually the opposite on this one because I'm starting to think a little bit more about some of the things that they chose to put in this movie. Like when you're talking about the back uh, flashbacks, why did they keep 
showing um why am I can't remember his name Bernard Bernard, Bernard. yeah he does Your not favorite look like character. Bernard yeah my favorite character I can't remember his name but they show his flashback like three times and I'm like everybody else gets a little trite you know this is what happened this is this is how you know something that this was the love of their life and probably because his was the most like artistically looking and they were like oh we got to keep using that because like they were like oh these high school prom scenes look like a tv show getaway and his scenes look like they're you know deleted scenes from moonlight so it's much more effective (laughs) they are deleted scenes from moonlight that's exactly what they are they literally Um, do that water scene in the middle of moonlight i mean it's different yeah I mean, maybe it was long enough. It was maybe a little too long. I don't know that we needed all three of those. Um, I do like that he he wound up being okay at the end. I was most concerned for his character. And um, so I'm glad that he was okay at the end. Resonance and feel. Um, I, I, I think I would have more resonance and feel if I had people portraying what were really important characters for me um, that would... I don't know, do the characters more justice than they did. I did not care for the two, like, they were, those were two main characters. Uh, one was a main, main character, and I was like, this isn't working for me. It's interesting. I think it's groundbreaking in that the play happened at the time that it did when, you know, n- none of this was socially acceptable, and the fact that this guy wrote this thing and decided, screw it, I'm going to put it out there, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. I like that. I like that. I, I, I don't know that it would have been nice to have more of a play revival as opposed to this film. So um, they did have a play revival, which is what they were all in. So maybe I bet, I bet right. as a play, like I said earlier with like the, with other plays that I've seen, I bet it works better like a play, like, like a lot of movies yeah. do. How, how often is a movie, a, a play play? That's a big Broadway play or like wins a bunch of awards. And then it's adapted to a movie. Is the movie ever better? I mean, sometimes it's okay, but like, it's, you know, I can't imagine. Yeah, it has to be highly adapted because movies and plays are not the same thing. And, no, I mean, completely different mediums. All. Yeah, and I think that when you try to treat it the same way, it's, I mean, musicals sometimes are a little bit different than, you know, just a dramatic play. But um, I think it, it's the detriment for this one because the story is a good story. Um, and the characters, I think, are valid characters and interesting characters. And it just falls flat because some of the major performances don't come through. And some of the smaller side or side performances are, are much better cowboy uh bernard um yeah those are the ones that i really like so resonance and feel for me probably a two and a half nicole oh um i mean i was just kind of reading through some of these things as we as we were talking about them i got mm-hmm. fell down like a rabbit hole of looking at like uh andrew and Tuck's relationship. <laughs> um, <laughs> Once I told you they're a couple, that's the most interesting thing. What? <laughs> she's like on TMZ right now, trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, oh. I'm doing some research. <laughs> what I really want to say is that the things I'm reading about them right now are much more interesting than how they portray themselves in this movie, and that really sucks. There we go. There we go. I think that's probably true. I bet the original play was great. I think the first movie got some good acclaim, so I'd be curious to see how that was. 
Bet the Revival is yeah. great. And I, this is probably just like the worst version of this story. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have to make it like Netflix approved or something? I don't know. But like, um, there's a lot I, of peen. I mean, I guess Netflix doesn't really censor for that because they, they can put yeah, whatever they want. True. Up there. They have uh, other stuff too that's worse. But anyway, I also agree <laughs> that I think this was a great thing to have in 68. Um, I think it's a great thing to revive and bring to modern day while still you know, keeping the values of what it meant in 1968 to be a group of gay men at various ages and races and things like that. I think that that's really, you know, something that should be highlighted. There's a lot of things in this movie, too, that we need to think about, like alcohol abuse, which is obviously clear in, you know, what happened with Michael, just degrading others, you know, of, of how Alan treated gay people and all these things are, are, are fine and good to bring up into a new era, but the way that it was made was not good at all, which is a shame. I think I would have much rather seen this as a play. Um, if it came around again as a play, I would probably be inclined to see it. Ugh, I'm going to have to say it did not live up to the expectation I had after watching that trailer the first time. I thought it was going to be a lot more in-depth and emotional and i didn't get that um from the, the majority of the of the people so i'm gonna give it a two we're saying this is the worst version i'm like i think this is probably the worst version of the story and these characters and i'm still kind of on the fence on whether i recommend it or not i haven't we got a couple minutes here i, I haven't decided yet it's close um it's just uh it's just it's just very flat for what it should be it shouldn't be this flat um and it's not always and there's moments we've highlighted and performances that other like you know we've we've come to some consensus the first half is way more boring than the second half zachary quinto as harold doesn't really work um you know it, it this would surely be better on the stage than on the screen they're just different mediums uh but it's still it's uh, i'm thinking back to just like the snappy dialogue back and forth and I'm just like, I just I didn't hate it while I was watching it. Like I, I by the end I'm like, eh, it was like kind of a waste of two hours. But like I didn't hate watching. It. Like I kind of enjoyed it for more than I didn't. I would say. So it's 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 gonna be on the fence. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a three, I guess. Um, I'm I think it, that meets uh lasagna being called flat spaghetti meatballs has a has an outside shot of entering the lexicon <laughs> of uh of our of our common. <laughs> Every, everyone's got their little little quotes they say that no one else understands but like four people and this could be it could right. sneak its way in there um yeah we're at the end here uh whew, nicole are you gonna recommend the boys in the band well first off why is it called that right i was gonna ask that very question <laughs> I I, i'm proud of what myself band? for remembering the name because the whole time i was like what are we watching we're watching like boys boys club time Boys band, in the Hood, the bla- the band of boy, like I, I, I could not remember. Like, <laughs> band of Brothers. Very... Yeah, I don't know, but um, I don't know why it's called this. You'd have to ask no. the gentleman who wrote it. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna recommend this. I don't think that many people would find enjoyment in watching this. Just the the pace is not what people are expecting it from a movie in 2020 unfortunately and stories stories there but execution was not okay 
I don't disagree with you, Nicole, but I'm going to be on the other side of it and recommend it because I think the story is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it really highlights the differences between what life looks like now for a segment of society and what life looked like then and how um, just how it was okay during that time, not just for everyone else to be cruel to them, but for them to be cruel to each other which I think is just not there's there's you know when you're with your friends there's a level of joshing that you do and you rib rib them and you know you kid around uh but this this was so cruel on many um on, on, at many at times yeah it was just I, I'm I'm stunned that these people would be friends but then I started thinking maybe this is their option maybe there are you know you don't have well that's what Nicole was saying for the first half she's like how do these people know each other? Why do they hang out? Like they don't, none of them right. seem to like each other from the very, from the get go. And, and um, yeah, maybe I, that's what I assumed. I assumed it was lack of other men who are gay to even, you know, come out to one another or alone themselves right. or anyone else. Like it was just a lack of community. Right. And that maybe this was their best option. I'm sure they knew many of other gay men that were, you know, that they either had encounters with or whatever, but this was, this was the best option. And, and the fact that it was just hard to be a gay man and that, you know, cruelty, I think is just a side effect of that. So, um, I think, I think it is an important story and you got to really power through that first hour (laughs) really hard because then it, because then it gets interesting. I mean, if you want to play a drinking game or something, that would help. But, That's what um, they did. <laughs> they did, yeah. Um, Every time Jim Parsons says Jesus Christ, take a sh- shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe one of my favorite parts. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like every time someone um, rapes the cowboy for being dumb. I, that's my favorite way to do it. <laughs> I like him so much, though. He's so earnest. I love. He that. is. He he's uh, he's the best because he's like he's like. Is he like the least ashamed character? Because he just seems so like, oh, like yeah, whatever, man. Like he's Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. I mean, you know, that's that's who that's his role in this one. So well, he's a sex Um, worker, and he's like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I I do my best. (laughs) Like yeah, he's he's really earnest. What do you say? Like I I like to cuddle or something like that. You know, he's like, okay, I try to make it personal. You know. I try and he to, takes yeah, a giant exactly. like like mouth breather bite of the lasagna. Like he's just <laughs> you can't not root for that guy. <laughs> no, so good. I love that. Um, yeah, so I am going to recommend it just because I do think it's I think it's an important story, and I think it was uh, it's kind of it's groundbreaking material at the time, and you just have to keep that in mind. Um, I'm gonna do. Oh, like what are you a- gonna do, Brennan? I'm gonna do like a a real 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 light recommend. Light recommend. Real light, because yeah. I think I because I it comes down to we talk about it after if it's actually good or not. I don't know if it's a good movie. It's probably not a good movie. I did no. I didn't feel like I wasted like time. Like I felt like I was enjoying most of my time watching this. Mostly because I like talky talky dialogue. I like lots of talky. And if you like that, you'll you'll even if though the first half's not nearly as good as what is to come and it's even kind of objectively not interesting i still would rather hear smart people like spar with their words than you know than any other dumb movie that i wasn't enjoying um in dribble it, yeah i don't i don't like the dribble um it's it's 
I think it's the worst version of probably a really good story. <laughs> you can see you can see a great story like trying to get out and like good character things trying to get out of this, and it just feels like it was just plastered over or something. But um, that said, I think even in its worst form, this is still pretty okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna give yeah. it a real weak recommend. So we're that we're all pretty close to the middle, it sounds like on like eh, you could, you couldn't. So you know, up to you, I guess. I'm gonna this recommend is... if you're gonna watch this movie, I'm gonna recommend that you watch the little 30 28, 30 minute excerpt that they do with the original writer of the play um before that because I think if I hadn't seen that after I watched the movie I would have been a much harsher critic on this film. Hmm. And also none of us are, which I to clarify, none of us are LGBTQ reviewing this like ourselves. Right. So it probably, yeah. I imagine hits more home if you're a member of that community. But um, for, for us outsiders, I suppose is it's a middle, it's a middling, it's a middling return as a movie. So there you go. That is the boys in the band. Uh, Mama K's host pick is coming up soon. Uh, we'll have to reveal that at a later date because, uh, hasn't quite, haven't quite hashed out what that's going to be yet. Um, <laughs> but we have, uh, you know, 2020 is coming to a close here somehow. I, I don't know where I have went. no idea how that's happening. Only got a couple weeks left, which means only got a couple movies left, and then we're getting close to some of the end of the year stuff. Stuff I like our top fives. That's gonna be wild. What's gonna be our top fives? <laughs> will there will there be a consensus winner? Will any of us have the same movie on a top? Like, what are you gonna even pick from? Uh, you know, we got the draft coming up. Love the draft. So lots of fun little things coming up in November, December, as well as our regular reviews. Recommend stuff to us though. Films with the women in my life on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Podhost. Probably have another tournament coming in the next couple of weeks. Instagram's not being cooperative with some things right now. For it's another argument for another time. But Brennan underscore Podhost on Instagram. Uh, email the show filmswiththewomen at gmail dot com. And we are also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. That's it. Thank you guys for being on. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Till next time. This is Brennan signing off. Saying thanks for listening and enjoy your. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.